Taylor. And I'm Brittany. Together, we're two sisters who are here to help you learn some tips and tricks to help navigate this crazy journey called life. We bring you the perspective of a licensed mental health counselor, a K therapist, and a new mother. And a slightly eccentric mom of two. When you combine us as sisters, we like to consider ourselves as quite the dynamic duo. So join us as we talk about all life has to offer. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and hit that follow, like, or subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts for updates. If you're liking what you hear, leave us a five-star review. It helps us know what content you like and spreads the love to others to get resources and help for their mental health. Okay, Tay, uh, so today we're kind of doing like a recap, right, of relaxation, mm-hmm. and then we're going to talk about self-esteem. So I guess let's start with that recap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they actually kind of go together. And this month we had looked up subjects and self-esteem is uh, one of them for February for mental health. So yeah, there's like a day, right? Is there a day or a week or a month? I can't remember. It's like the month of February. And then there's like okay, the cool. week for random act of kindness. So like there's so that's I, what it was. Okay. Yeah, it was a month for February. So we're gonna talk about this because I just gave a workshop on this too. And yes, but they go together of how you take care of yourself and how you prioritize yourself really does add to your self-esteem and totally. your self-confidence. So application just to recap like because it's been a minute we took a break last week so we're back in this week um recap from the last one is like the application of relaxation so like this should be a priority you should be balanced in your in your abilities though like don't go and be a couch potato slug but also be like actively trying to take breaks from your day and don't always be going places that super bowl commercial with like the couch potato farm do you remember that one? did i see that one I don't we know. Watched we watched together. Super Bowl together, but that's like, funny. So there was, like, we watched a farm together. of like couch potato people, and they were like harvesting couch potatoes. I don't. Know. <laughs> that's really funny. They I think really it was like for ones. free TV or something. But that's it was just like, don't be that. Like, don't be don't, part of a couch potato farm. Don't be the couch potato farm. Be the yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, figure out what you're spending time on. Like, what are time wasters and not intentional ways to relax? So, oh, I. Totally. I'm totally a time waster, like, but then it's not like intentional when I'm relaxing. It's like I am, you know, just scrolling and not thinking about what I'm doing at all. So that's not helpful. Yeah. Even though you think you're relaxing, you're really not. <laughs> I'm guilty of this as well. I don't even know if I think it's relaxing. I just think like I want to check out of my life and pretend like I don't exist right now. <laughs> yeah, true. True, true. <laughs> I was like, I don't even think it's like, which is worse. Like you're not even intentionally doing anything. You're just like, I don't want to do my husband like gets on me all the time about this. He's like, Taylor, you got that. So, oh yeah. He gets on me too though. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's valid. Up, it, he's right. It's a, it's a really unfortunate thing is he is right. Usually and it's like, I know. Really so, so don't be a time waster like us. And we're working on this. I yes. did try to be more conscious about that during our time. We're recapping because we did do this for the last two weeks. So, um, Identify where you can put more intentional ways to relax into your day after noticing the spots that you waste time. And then keep slash protect your relaxed time. We are bad at this one. Like I don't horrible at this one. And then take breaks during your day. Schedule them into your schedule. Perfect. So that was application re, re whatever. And the techniques we could have used are like breath work, relaxed body scans, meditation, visualization, or daydream. Find like a conducive environment. We couldn't pick that one because if you follow us on Ohana Counseling Wellness, we love decorating. So like you can see our whole house. So we couldn't pick that well, one because that would have been family like... Rooms, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we really like decorating. And then use something to help you regulate, like a tool or a skill or something like that. So... We're checking in this week on how we did on our – how do we do, Britt? We did okay. As I was talking to Manson yesterday, we went to the zoo, took the, all the kids to the zoo, and I had told him I was like, I did 1% better than I've done. And he was like, okay, well, I guess that's progress. Like, I think we did – Did he just did, make fun of us? <laughs> he was like, okay, yeah, let's progress. <laughs> like, T and I really struggle at this. Like – relaxing has never been my forte. Um, well, how did you do 1% better? Okay. So I think I had texted you that I had done better at, I did go to the gym by myself. That was a big deal. It only happened once, but I did do it. So that was good. That was like a, and I had like gotten my mindset into like, I'd like to take you. That was like huge for you though. Like that was huge for you. It was huge for me. Like I used to be really regular about going to the gym when I was doing kickboxing, but then since I'm not doing that now, it's a, it's a little harder for me to go by myself. I, I will go with my kids to go swimming and stuff, but, um, 
So I did do that. And I was intentional about meeting up with friends. I had a friend come and stay with me. I went out and got a pedicure with another friend. That was big for me. Like that was good. Um, what were some of the other things I told you I did, Tay? You also did like you allowed yourself just to sit sometimes because I remember in the last couple weeks like the Super Bowl you didn't bring anything to work on I didn't which is that was huge for you um usually I will do a painting or like a yeah usually you bring something whenever we like do a movie night or watch something and you were like actually able to like just play with banks and hang out with me and like and try to enjoy like entertainment but like yeah no but still yeah that was was big yeah. Another thing I did was I got a haircut. That was like good, like relaxing self care. Friend yeah. got my hair, um, and then I also took baths a couple times and would like watch a show that I liked while I was taking a bath, which was like huge for me. I never am great at like watching shows I like. Um, so yeah, I mean nothing's spectacular. I need to do better about like continuing to implement these things and building on it. But it felt like progress. So for you, it was huge. <laughs> Yeah. Like, you don't even think about these things. And I remember you even asked me, like, should I even get my hair cut? I'm like, yeah, get your hair. You're like, but do I? I'm like, Brittany, like, before this, you wouldn't get your hair cut for like a year. And you're finally like getting your hair cut, like more normal, like something so basic. I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't you? Right. Because yeah, the last time I got my hair cut was October. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And Taylor's like, just go. Like, it'll be good for you. And, mm-hmm. and it was good. I allowed myself to like talk to my friend while she was cutting my hair and that was really big for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Huge. So, yeah. It sounds stupid, but like find oh. what it works for you. I know we say this all the time, but like for Tay and I, those are different things. Like I took a little bit different approach. We should talk about Taylor's relaxing. Like Taylor did a little bit more like mind and body. And I did a little bit more like self-care relaxing because I struggle with both those. Um, yeah. Yours but- is more like, I mean, I'm pretty good at like carving out um because i i think i haven't talked about this when i was like after having a baby and stuff like matson is really good about protecting my space of like you need to sleep right now or you need to take a shower yeah. or you need to go get your nails done or like he is almost the driver half the time of that stuff for me of like no you're going to do this it's, it's almost like aggressive like you will do this no um, and he totally is he'll call and like set up babysitting sometimes and be yeah. like taylor yeah. really needs to go to yoga can you watch banks and which yeah. is so awesome though. Like as yeah. a single mom, like I don't have that. And so that's kind of Yeah. No, it's like yeah. mm-hmm. rock star material for a partner. Like it's awesome, which he's gonna totally be like, see, I'm a rock star. Um, but he is. <laughs> but that's where like so I I didn't I didn't so much need to work on that side because I have a partner who helps me do it and like really reinforces that for me. But the parts that I need to work on, like after having a baby, my body got pretty annihilated. I was close to preeclampsia, if not like didn't have preeclampsia. I think I did. Um, like right there. Yeah. And he came I was on the edge. And- he came early. Um, my body just got really like messed up from the whole process, which is fine. Um, so- Thank you for your sacrifice. I'll say that publicly. <laughs> <laughs> He was totally worth it. But it's made me really rediscover my love of like, I've always loved exercise and somatic work, which is like body based mind, hormone balance, eating habits. And I'm getting like really back into that now because um, I mean, I just think it got reignited because of everything I've been through with my journey for well, you had to to heal. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a big part of it. So my like relaxation, which is very different from yours, is based around like how am I exercising? How am I like I heard this concept of if you're starving your body and like putting it in too much of an aggressive mode, or are you actually helping your body? And so I've been trying to balance like, okay, my body is tired, like my aura ring. Shout out to aura ring again. I love you guys. Um <laughs> it's, it shows me a score that day and it'll say like, you have this much in you or like from your sleep and from your day before or this much. And so I really started to plan my, um, activities for my like workouts and like movement for my body that day based around like, Oh, my sleep score was really bad or my readiness score is great today. And then I've really worked on incorporating my, um, yoga again and meditation. Like I don't meditate. I do it through yoga. So I've been doing that. And then I've been monitoring the inflammation of what I eat. Um, I'm Which on the awesome diet. So I've noticed too, like as you and I both are like, we did different sides of relaxation. Mm-hmm. We have helped each other. Like, you know, like I'll be like, Hey, come do this with me. Or you'll be like, Hey, come do this with me. Or yeah. like, I feel like we're helping each other to kind of 
relax in those different ways. Yeah. I just love that. Like find yourself a, a best friend or sister and like yeah. you can totally help each other with this. This is If this is something you struggle with, like Taylor and I do. Yeah. Yeah. Th- I think that was the big thing is we just kind of naturally start pulling each other into our sides of the world and being like, hey, I'm doing this, do this with me or yeah. yeah. And it's been great. So we're definitely going to try and keep working towards this because it's been really good for us, but it's definitely not perfect. So no, but okay. As like a positive note. So my right pupil, Taylor knows this, but my right (laughs) pupil, when I like really overdo it and don't relax, like goes massive. Like I had, I have a friend who's an optometrist and he had sent me like some neurologist, opto neurologist, I think is what it was. Yeah. It was like a specialist. It was like, it was a specialist to like, look at my eye because it was Mm -hmm. so dilated. And so it was, um, since then I have learned that it's like from when I'm in over like fight or flight mode that my Mm -hmm. pupil will go out. Um, because it's one of those, like, you know, picture from our ancient ancestors, like being chased by a dinosaur, (laughs) like you have to be in alert mode. And so your pupils Mm -hmm. will escalate to try to protect you from those dinosaurs and woolly mammoths. So since in the last two weeks, when I've been more focused on relaxing, my pupil has not been quite as dilated, like as consistently. Love it. Love so, it. There you go. It works. As much as I am like an anti-example of relaxation. But it's that. amazing how it's even like you did 1% better and your body is showing it drastically, right? right? And that's where I yeah. like, like 1% better for me has been cutting out gluten more. Like I still eat gluten sometimes because of the inflammation diet, but like I can literally notice I was telling my mom yesterday because we were talking about this and I was like, mom, my body, I can see it in my face. Like my face will swell up or it'll like shrink based on if I had gluten the day before, things like that. Like your body is so responsive so quickly to repairing and healing versus not. And I think that's the cool thing about it is you can really see if you just do anything, it'll help it. Yeah. My goal now for relaxing is to make sure I get to bed at a reasonable time. That is my love that for you. I'm going to work on that. Love that for you. And maybe if I pair it with what I've already picked up, like it'll help guys. My husband's literally like you're witching hours here. And it's true. Like it's true. Like you'll, if I call past it, then he'll be like, she's going to bed. Is this an emergency? (laughs) 10 30 no, 11 o'clock at night talk about shoes <laughs> he's like um she needs her sleep talk tomorrow <laughs> yeah send her the shoe link and talk tomorrow fine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so get yourself a husband like matson but he's like <laughs> he's a mess <laughs> all right anything okay, else so from Cap? no it was worth doing it definitely i think it's important to note that if you're like us and it doesn't come easy um, here's our word. We had to be intentional about yeah. it. Yeah. Because there were so many times in my head where I was just like, forget this. Like, I don't have time for this, or I have so many other things to do. And then it was like, no, take the time, go relax, go get your haircut, go to the gym and do this, go to, you know, okay. and I had to, I had to intentionally put off other things to go do that. So it's not, it was going to come easy unless you're an expert couch potato in that case and you know run opposite sides of the spectrum but like yeah but it's still it's not gonna come easy going the other way then you know like either way it's not easy balancing yourself out totally it was totally worth it though and i i definitely see the balance for both of us but i saw a lot give yourself grace and do it like yeah yeah so went to bed way too late I ate a whole pan of Rice Krispies this week by myself. You know, like I did not do so well in some things as I should have. But <laughs> no, but you still did really well in other things, and it was great. exactly so that one yeah. percent, yay me, yay one percenters. <laughs> no, it's funny because that's really all we're looking for, and and but it's amazing because if you think about it, your percentages build over time, so that one percent does matter. Like a lot yeah. of my clients are like, "Well, it doesn't really matter." I'm like, "No, it does because a month from now you're going to have thirty percent." Well, and it creates the habits, right? Like if you've already, like in these two weeks, I have proven to myself, I can take a bath. My kids will survive. I can't, you know, like I can watch a TV show by myself. I can do some self-care, like go be with friends. And that is, and it was okay. But I think it's really important for our kids to see that. And that's like something that Madison tells me all the time is like, you are modeling for your child what you want them to do for them. Yeah. And that's really hard, which leads us to actually our next subject. Yes, it does. Dun, dun, dun. Self-esteem. <laughs> this is- so we're going to talk about self-esteem and self-confidence. 
And to start this out, I've taught um, a couple workshops with this. So we're going to start out with this. You ready? Yes. I am worthless. I do everything wrong. I can't do it. Things never work out. Everything is hard. I never do anything right. I hate my life. I don't deserve to be happy. I can't control my emotions or choices. Lack seems to be the story of my life. Being positive doesn't work. Can my life get any worse? Everything's always ends up the same. My life gets worse every day. There is nothing for me to get excited about. It is a waste of time to work on me. I'm not putting myself out there if it is not perfect. Story of my life. My body sucks. I'm so ugly. I look horrible in the shirt. My physical health doesn't matter. I'm too lazy to get in shape. People will laugh at me in the gym. I should look more like him or her. I'm not attractive. I hate my body. I'll never look like I used to. I wish I was skinnier, muscular, taller, shorter, etc. I hate blank about my body. Good things never last forever. It's too good to be true. I am not good enough. I hate reading that list. I know. It just makes you want to cry. I literally, every time I hate reading that list. But there is value to it. If you think about all those things that were said, I guarantee you've said at least one of them, if not all of them in your head. Because I have. Oh, yeah. I think everybody has. And that's the hard part is to actually, to, to write them down was really aggressive. But then to read them and to, to read them out loud and not say anything after, I think is the hardest. Like, it took me a while to even practice just doing that, where I just read it and then leave it. You know, and I wanted to be like, no, you're not. No, you're beautiful. Like, no, you're like, I wanted to just like, yeah, fix it for you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um, we're going to talk about self-esteem and self-confidence and we'll come back to that. But I just want you to remember to feel like there is a heaviness to those words. There is a darkness and a, and a down despair to those words. So don't forget that, but it'll get lighter again because it's us. So (laughs) We're yeah, moving on for a second. too long, but yeah. Well, and something I thought about this too is hearing these horrible things. It's horrible when we hear ourselves say them. And then when you hear somebody else say them, you want to fix them. Right. Mm-hmm. But why don't we do that to ourselves? Right. Like today, my I son mean- had a couple of these that he had said after he got in trouble and instantly I was just like, Oh my gosh, my baby. No, you're so beautiful. You're so perfect. You're so mm-hmm. all of these amazing things. But then if I were to say that to myself, like, Mm-hmm. I'm not worth it. I'm not good enough. Oh, I totally messed up. I'm not worth this. I would just let it stew there. Mm-hmm. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't automatically fix myself. I think it's because our inner dialogue, we don't actually have to hear like, cause we have this stream of conscious all day long going through our brain and it's on autopilot most of the time. And that's the hard part is, are we cognizant? Are we aware of what our autopilot setting is? And we aren't like, I am aware of that too. After being in therapy, like being in therapy school and doing the program I did, I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. We, we, we really only catch maybe 5% of what's actually going through our brain all the time and all the different reactions and, and narratives that we have. And that's what we're trying to build is awareness of our narrative. What are we saying? And who is your narrator? And is your narrator a jerk or is your narrator nice? And usually yeah. based off societal environments that we are in, it turns into being a jerk, which is really sad because your little guy, especially for at women, two, yeah, your little guy at two is a guy going in the mirror being like, "I'm awesome, I'm beautiful," you know. But he's learning from society yes. this dialogue, and that's the sad thing. But as women, especially, oh, oh yeah. my goodness, it's it's ugly. It's, it's well, bad. an interesting point about my little guy. He is neurodivergent. He's ADHD. Mm-hmm. So part of that is he doesn't fit into a mold. So mm-hmm. like he went to Sunday school today and he had, he didn't fit into the mold that some of the other children were doing. And so automatically then he left because he had kind of gotten corrected to sit mm-hmm. and share or whatever it was. And he was just like, Oh my gosh, I'm a hideous beast. I'm a horrible person. Uh, like mm-hmm. I will, you know, I-, I shouldn't even be allowed to go to church. Like it was all of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, that no, 
like go back to that little guy that was like, I'm so awesome. And look at my muscles. Wow. Kissing yourself in the mirror. But because of the neurodivergence, it's hard to always be what society wants you to be. Mm-hmm. It's just sad. It's it yeah. And we don't, sad. we don't give ourselves that same grace that we give others. Like, no. And the, the dialogue is so internal that you don't realize how bad it is. This is an activity. I literally will hold my dog up Koa and oh, have yeah. them say these words to Koa about Koa. And every single time I get a straight out, no, that's mean. I'm not going to like verbally abuse a dog. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So you will verbally abuse yourself, but you won't. Ver- <laughs> and not that like my dog is my first child. So like, I, yeah, he's never, he's perfect. He should not be abused, but it's just fascinating where it's like, so you value a dog who can't fully understand what you're saying to him, by the way, more yeah. than you value yourself that does fully understand how bad what you're saying is, right? Yes. It's yep. an interesting interaction in those sessions. Because you don't, like you had said, you don't always pay attention to what your brain is telling you. Like you and you only grasp on to some of that. Like if we were to go back to my little guy, he only grasped on to the I didn't do this perfect. I shouldn't be able to do this. But what he was forgetting was all of these other wonderful things or all of these other. Oh, I do have ADHD. My life may not look the same as these other kids in my class or oh, you know, like you don't factor in. You just hone in on that one thing in that moment. I am so ugly. I am so hideous. I should be better. I, you know. Yeah. So the difference between the two, I wanted to pull this out just for a second because people ask me this all the time. Self-confidence and self-esteem, they are different. So from an article from University of Queensland um, in Australia, they reported that self-esteem refers to whether you appreciate and value yourself. Your self-esteem develops and changes as a result of your life experiences and interactions with other people. So you're going to notice like self-esteem and self-confidence change over our lifetime, right? And it's going to change based Mm -hmm. off like interactions and what happens like middle schoolers they start to get like really mean to each other and really judgmental you'll notice like it goes down for self-esteem but it's about whether you appreciate and value yourself this one is all about worth like how do i view my worth self-confidence is your belief in yourself and your abilities again this will change depending on the situation but it's like what's what am i capable of doing so like I know I am a good piano player. Like you cannot tell me I'm not a good piano player. That's just a fact. I am good at what I do. However, like, I don't know if I'm worth paying for that, but I am good at piano. Does that make sense? So you can have like a difference in like esteem about it versus confidence. I believe I am good at it. I know I am good at it, but my worth about it, like, I don't know. And that's what I was just going to say. You can have high self-confidence in certain situations and still have low self-esteem. Yeah. You can be like, like very like, um, I mean, Hermione Granger, I don't know why that one popped in my head, but it did. But if you look at her as a character, she has a lot of self-confidence in her capabilities and her intelligence as a character. Like mm-hmm. she knew she was smart. She knew what she was talking about. But then you look at like her self-esteem and how she interacted with people and how she was like always self-conscious around the other girls or her hair and things like that. You can see it come out of other times where she didn't think she was as yes. like, worth it. Right. And that's where there's a difference. Those two can coexist together. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Any questions on that for the difference? So when we're like talking about him. That's what we're talking about. I don't think so. I mean, I like, even if we were to go back to like the example of my little guy, right? Like when he was younger and he would have that self-confidence and self-esteem at the same time, right? Like, look mm-hmm. at my muscles. I'm awesome. I'm so great. Whereas now that self-esteem may be down because inside he may be feeling things, but his self-confidence is still there. He still yeah. is the best runner. He is still faster than Sonic the Hedgehog. It will and beat he your still... bum at any video game. Yeah. And he's <laughs> going to be the world's best video game coder. Like yes. that is still like, hands down he has that self-confidence but when it comes to self-esteem from like peer pressure or different situations that's where we're seeing it like kind of break down a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah and honestly this is one where you have to work with both i usually see that if i can get clients to work on their self-esteem first their worth and value then self-confidence goes way up like your capability and knowing what you're good at like i can usually pull with clients like well you have to know you're good at something right and that one i can usually kind of like pull out and usually like I can get somewhere with that one, but self-esteem, the worth one is where it's like the deepest one to, to get in there with and work with. So, yeah. yeah. So have patience with yourself. Challenge you, I guess, if you're struggling with either of these, find something good about yourself. Like Tay just said, find something that's like, Hey, I cannot deny. I am really good at making people smile or I am really good at playing the piano yeah. or I am really good at running fast. Like Sonic the Hedgehog, like find something to give yourself that self-confidence 
and own it. I think that that's really good. One undeniable fact. And that's what I tell everybody. There's one undeniable fact about all of us that we can at least tap into. So when everything else is really hard, there's one never unchanging thing about yourself. Like, and it's going to be a wide range of things. I'm always kind. I'm always trying to help people like that kind of stuff. I, I really care about other people. Great. That's one undenying thing that it gives you worth and value. That's great. Yep. I'm super good at race cars and hot wheels. Great. Like love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> I am the world's best Lego builder. <laughs> awesome. I am not. <laughs> you know, we can picture those little, like the little people, like be like your four or five year old self where it's like, yeah, I'm like the best. I'm like, I, I am like the best Lego builder and bubble blower you've ever met. Like what happens to us? You know why? Like when we're young, we start out with this like massive self-confidence, massive self-esteem. And then the world just like chips away at it. Like, Find your inner five-year-old and let's just own it. Like, yeah, I'm pretty much the best. Like, I mean, like I more candy like, than my sister. <laughs> I think it's because we start making behavioral choices. And this is where like you're gonna start seeing as you're as you developed, as like children develop, like my baby now is so perfectly pure. Like anything he does right now, I'm like, what he hasn't chosen it, he's just surviving and doing it he's almost six he's months happy old right and doing his thing yeah he's happy doing his thing and i'm like yeah this kid doesn't know anything bad about himself because nobody has given him any fat bad feedback and there shouldn't be right but as we go on through the world like we start performing we start engaging in things and we start realizing we're not good at everything but right now my baby's good at everything he sleeps poops eats you know like he's so Smiles, basic on his talks. functioning yeah, yeah mm-hmm. socializes and talks right but as you get older like you start playing sports and you start trying to have friendships and you start trying to interact with people and you're not going to nail it every single time because that's being human and we're meant to learn and develop and grow totally. but societally it's it's judgmental. Like there's a study done from 2017 where you can see um, that like 19% of girls in sixth grade say they feel confident and the number plummets by 10th grade to 6% say they feel confident. So sad. Boys in sixth grade are 37% and by that 10th grade, they're 12%. Girls are 6%, 6%. Like it's, and I have a sixth grade daughter right now, and it's so sad watching. I mean, Taylor's watched this with me, like yep. just watching how it just keeps going down every time. Like, like shoes. What shoes am I going to wear? Or what does my hair look like? It could be the smallest things, but yeah. it's like, oh, I'm having a bad hair day, and like everything else is over. Like it's yeah. just there's. And no we've all been there. That's it's, like that's yeah. a crazy mm-hmm. thing. Like I remember, like, and I worked with teens for so long, and I watch it, and I'm like, I remember when that really mattered to me. And it just, it doesn't now, right? Because I've grown yeah. up and I've learned some things and I've learned some some coping skills. So it's a developmentally appropriate thing, but it's society is so high in pressure. Other teens and peers are cutthroat because they're going through the same situation. So it's just cutthroat on cutthroat and it's rough. It is rough. And it's just heartbreaking. Like we as parents and as, or if you're not a parent, just as another adult, like, you know, be, how can we fix this for these kids? Like, oh, I mean, sad. we can't, we can model, right? Like that's all yeah. we can do. I can't go in and be like, love yourself, be yourself. All I can do is model the skills and point out where they're starting to diverge on other roads and pathways and be like, did you notice how harsh that sounds? Do you notice how like mean that is to yourself and like try and catch myself? Cause I do this all the time too, just like everybody else where it's like, Oh, I should have done this or, Oh, I'm not as like fit as I was before giving birth or like, I will sit there and like say all these things. And I'm like, I am modeling for my kid right now, the relationship they have with stuff. Like what am I modeling and what am I doing for myself? So it's honestly, it's not so much about, going out and fixing everybody. It's about fixing you. And then that will like radiate that. out to others. Uh, one positive thing about this. I mean, I've, I'm obviously far from perfect, but an example the other day, so like I mentioned, I have a sixth grade daughter um, and she was at a, a school class and somehow someone had complimented her fingernails or something. She'd painted them blue. And somehow she was like, yeah, I like, I always try to do something different because my mom always tries to do something different. She's not afraid to do new things. And so they're like, Oh, your mom doesn't always like wear the same things or like paint her nails the same. She's like, no, my mom is always trying something new. She's like right now her fingernails, you can see if you run the video, but right now her fingernails look like disco balls. And she was just like, my mom has shown me that it's okay to try new things and we're not always going to like them, but it's okay to do that. 
Yep. And that was such a good, like, okay, I have modeled this for my child, right? Yes, I will mm -hmm. wear the crazy jumpsuits that embarrass one child or in both of the child's children. <laughs> like, yeah, my husband. Were, or your husband. But they will remember, hey, my mom was a, like not afraid to do her thing. You know, yeah. like she's always, she's always willing to do something new. And I think that that's, we have to, I like that, Taylor. Like reminding ourselves that we're modeling this for the next generation. We may not model everything perfect, but yeah. yeah. Again, but I think we're, when you don't model it perfect, you have to remember that is showing them how to be resilient and to then find the solutions themselves like we would. So what we're modeling all the time is is wins and losses and how we handle the losses are almost more important than how we handle the wins, right? So when I'm failing at something or when I'm having a hard time with something, how I work around that and, and navigate that like is more important to show them that there's a way to still come back from this. There's a, still a way to do this even though I didn't get it right the first or fifth or 20th time, I'm still trying and I will still get it. That matters yes. way more. Okay. That reminds me, I was talking to a friend recently and she had mentioned to me that the most important thing that she felt like her mother had ever taught her was that her mother was not perfect. And she was like, now that sounds really weird. And she's like, but now that I'm a mom, I think she's four kids. And she's like, now that I'm a mom, I'm so grateful for this gift from my mother that I knew she wasn't perfect, but that she was trying. She mm -hmm. would own up to her mistakes. She would own up when she messed up. And then she would show us how to correct that. She's like, rather than trying to be that perfect, like, you know, leave it to beaver, like Judy Cleaver yeah. going on. Yeah. She's like, she put on that facade. She's like, I am a real woman and I will make mistakes. And I yeah. thought that was so cool. Like yeah. now that legacy to her daughter is, hey, my mom wasn't perfect. And now I don't have to be either. Like cut exactly. myself some slack. And this exactly. is an amazing accomplished woman. Like, you know, she had no reason to even like have that be her thing. Like very well educated, like the sweetest lady. And she, that was a, still the best gift from her mom. And I love yeah. that. That's the best thing we can do is I just think show people that like, this is a, this is an ongoing fluid process and that you're meant to kind of fail and hit something and try again and, and how yeah. to get back up when you, you don't hit it. Um, so I just think it's interesting because a lot of times people are like, well, I can still like be fine in life without having a lot of self-esteem or a lot of self-confidence. And it's like, yeah, you can, but it actually affects a lot more than you think it does. Right. So like much harder, so, so much harder because it affects your ability to create relationships, have a good communication skills, happiness, ability to be successful. Like you have to take risks in life. You have to be able to to put yourself out there and think that you're going to be competent and capable in order to achieve what you want to achieve. Right. And that takes confidence. That takes self-esteem, um, mm -hmm. ability to be assertive. Like all of this is, is happiness at the end of the day is about how you perceive yourself. Right. That's what it all is. You can have as much money as you want or as little money as you want. It's about what is your perspective and what's your interaction with your environment. And that's going to change based off of how you think. Yeah. Absolutely. And I can, I can speak from experience here when my self-confidence level is low. Like for example, my ability to be assertive goes way down. Yep. Like, and Taylor can vouch for this. Like, yes. and I will need that validation for anything. Like yeah. I love and again, this shout -out. shopping like, or something. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, like whether it's shopping or a life decision yeah. or like, even like there was something I recently called for, I don't even remember, but Madsen was like, Brittany, like make your decision and own it. He's like, be confident with your decision and like, stop asking for this approval. And it was one of those, like, I was so mad when I hung up. I was like, oh, you, you weedy, like you little piece of weedy poopy. Like, and but, I knew you were so mad. I hung up and I was like, okay, thank you for your feedback. Bye. Right. Like, it's so funny to hang up. I appreciate your feedback. I tried to take it. And then I stewed on it and I was like, but he's right. Like I am not my self-esteem and self-confidence in that realm. What we were talking about was low. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying it has changed in a couple of weeks, but like I, it reminded me that I cannot be assertive when I don't have that confidence. I don't have that self-esteem to make my own decisions on these things. Like yep. it was pretty funny. So it does affect things. And that is the first hand. Like Masson totally called me out of my crap and was like, girl, fix it. Like, <laughs> it's pretty funny because he it did. Was funny. I was there, I was mad. but it was what I needed apparently to be like, okay, he's right. Like, and since then, it was a couple weeks ago, I think. And I have there's been a couple things where I could have called Taylor and been like, 
Taylor, I need your, like, I need your advice on this. I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, yeah. and I instead made an assertive decision and I did it. You did it. Like I did it. <laughs> did it. And I'm so proud of you. So, so it does affect a lot. Like I'm just throwing that out there. Does. That's a minor example. But. It does. So this is one thing that I like go over with my clients all the time is there are certain things about ourselves that we just cannot change. Like it's good to, I am definitely a progressive person. Like that's why I like my job. We're always should be trying to improve and develop and create what we want out of our lives. But there are going to be things that you can't change. I am five foot seven. I will always be five foot seven unless I have my spine shrink when I get older. Like that is yeah, just. But you're not going to be taller. That's my height. That's what it is. Right. And I'm not going to go like, there's no surgery to fix that. There's no nothing to fix that. Like you are what you are in that way. I am born with curly hair. Like I can do things genetically to, or um, like outwardly to change it, but genetically I have curly hair. Like there's just certain things mm -hmm. that this is what it is. Right. And I hate that saying so much, but that's pretty much what we're talking about is the Buddhist concept of there is acceptance versus agreement. Acceptance is saying, this is the reality. This is the situation at hand. And that's just a fact and how you view it can be neutral, negative, or positive, but mm -hmm. you can always just neutralize it. Say my hair is Brown. There's no judgment towards it. It's just my hair is Brown. That's a fact. Right. But then agreement is when we say I align with it. I like it. And I now take it on. I actually really like my hair is curly and Brown. Like it's become an identification thing for me. It's become a like social thing for me. I really like how I look with that. Right. I didn't add yeah. seventh grade. I thought I was hideous. But as a 30-year-old woman, I'm like, great, love it. I ended yeah. up after accepting that this is who I am when I was in seventh grade, and I just have to accept this is what my reality is. I then ended up being able to take on and align with it. You're not always going to be able to do that, um, mm. but sometimes you will. Like The more that you can just say this is how the situation is, and I'm going to neutralize it and just say this, my hair is curly and brown, great. Eventually, you can maybe then align with it. And if not, that's okay too. But at least it neutralizes it where you're no longer using it against yourself. I did not look like the typical tween of 2008 or 2006, whatever it was. <laughs> I looked like a very Mexican little girl. So, and, and you did was. get teased about it. Like, I did. People were mean to you. People were mean. Yeah. But you know what? All those people afterwards went out and asked me out after. So. <laughs> Like That's I own, I own that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's just tricky. But I think it was because my view changed on it. I started accepting it and trying to find ways that the minute that I was like, "This is the reality that I'm in," I started to find ways to do my hair and how to style it and learn it better. So I didn't just slick it back in a ponytail and have a pom pom with little frizzies out, which is what it was in seventh grade. With it's little pigtails. Yeah, like picture this now with your cute little smile. Maybe we should put. We can show pictures, guys. Um, <laughs> But, and then I learned how to style it. I was, and that was my acceptance piece, right? But the more that I learned to embrace it and say that this is my reality, so I have to learn to work with it, I ended up aligning with it because I saw that it was really pretty, but I had to treat it nicely. I had to see what values it could have in order to actually align with it. Does that make sense? Totally. And this applies to so many aspects of life too. Like this my applies to a lot of things. A lot of things, not just your self-confidence, but I have used this principle recently in just different life situations or whatever. Like, yeah, this is such a good principle to remember um, for whether it's your life, your self-confidence, your self-esteem, that you kind of have control of your mindset on this, your acceptance yeah. versus agreement. This um, is life situation. It's a very powerful principle. It is a the Buddhist principle it's is simple, so powerful. But it's very powerful. But application is extremely hard. And that's where... You can use acceptance versus agreement for mainly everything in your life. All you have to do is neutralize and say, this is the material I have to work with. Like my house flooded two days before I gave, or a day and a half before I gave birth to my baby. I was, like I was in the hospital yeah. and my dad had to go to the house to meet the people helping us clean up, Oof. which like we had so many huge miracles. Well, then, yeah. And then you happened. were like having the baby and I was over there like answering, cleaning out my, like, yeah. Like yeah. you guys had like, cupboards. And, I was literally yeah. pushing him out. And Matson, I think 15 minutes before I was pushing Banks out, Matson was like, oh, like the guy's going to show up in two days or whatever to our house. Like he had just gotten off the phone with yeah. the insurance guy. Um, so it was insane. It insane. was insane. It was so many like, things happening. And I just remember like Matson, 
was awesome. But this was one thing where he's like, I can't bring my baby home. Like it was a situation out of his control. And I just had to keep being like, this is what we're dealing with. So we will just deal with it and move on. And that was acceptance. I didn't like it. I didn't like that my house was a mess. Like we had this beautiful little nursery for him all set up. We had all these plans. Everything was ready. Yep. Everything. Mm -hmm. Our house is awesome. And like totally not anything that we had any control over. But I think the, the thing that helped me like be okay was just like, what else are we going to do? <laughs> like, What yeah. else is it? There's no other option besides this is the situation at hand. But in that moment, like you handled that really well. Whereas Matson was like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Like, it was a catastrophe. It was a catastrophe. That's right. This is a catastrophe. And I think it was such a good I still laugh about that. <laughs> you know, like you guys had this situation and the two of you reply- responded to it differently in the moment. Matt yeah. ended up coming around and like doing the acceptance versus agreement. But like that is a perfect example of like, how are you going to respond? Right? Like, it, do you tell yourself like, oh my gosh, I'm so fat and I'm a hideous beast. Do you accept that? And you agree with that? Or do yeah. you say, my body's not built like some of these other people and I'm beautiful in my own way. Like, how do you end up like, you know, what, what how do you, where do you go from there? Yeah. Like yeah. even after giving birth, like if we take the body example, I was like, yeah, I just gave birth. My body is not how I would like it to be right now, but one day it can be different. So it yeah. was this is, and I still can look forward to something else and I can still have goals and change how I want to change it. But at this current moment, this is what's presenting. And I am going to have to own what this current moment is giving me. Yes. And it's not good or bad. It doesn't have to have any judgment on it. It just has to have a simple, this is the reality. I gave birth. My body is different and I can continue to have goals to change it. Instead of like, you know, developing an eating disorder or having all of these like self-hate comments toward Mm -hmm. yourself, you were just like, I'm owning this and we're going to move on. Like, yeah. which is so awesome owning, when you get to that point. Like, owning and does I have not been on the flip agreement. side. Yeah. Owning does yeah. not mean agreement. Like, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's cool. Like, cause it's if you not give into that, that's when it's hard. And that's when your self-confidence goes down and you end up creating all these behaviors. Like there were times like after I had my first baby and remember the day, and I went into it and developed an eating disorder. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, my body is different. Mm-hmm. And I look so bad. And rather than being like, okay, I just had a baby and now, yeah, my life, it, I look a little different now, or I can work healthy and like get to this mm-hmm. and like, just kind of like that acceptance and agreement instead, then it created all these other problems. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's good for us to, to reflect on this and, and learn from, cause then when I had after baby number two, I was able to be like, okay, I really messed up after baby number one mm-hmm. on that regard. Right. Like yeah. my self-esteem was really low and I created these behaviors that weren't good. Yeah. But then with this principle of like, I can accept, yes, my body is different. Therefore, okay, this is what it is. Instead of, yeah. Instead of all the meanness that we give ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the reality, I think. And that's what, I'm not perfect at this by any means, but this is like what we try and incorporate in our day-to-day lives of like, this is just how it is for now. But but I hate the saying, it is what it is too, because that feels powerless to me. So I have changed it to, this is the current situation and this is what's presenting and I will take what is presenting and then I will, I can change it however I want to in the future. But in this moment, I have to acknowledge that this is the moment and this is what this moment will be. Because the saying, it is what it is, makes me just be like, well, that's dismissive and that's just dismissing my feelings and that's just <laughs> making me feel like I have to accept it then. And I don't agree with this. Like... And then I get really feisty about it. So I am all about like, just recognize the moment is presenting this. It doesn't mean it's permanent. It doesn't mean it's everything. It just is how it is for this moment. But it, yeah. Yeah. You can see I really have a hard time saying it is what it is because. (laughs) So what are some other ways that we can help ourselves stay? Okay. So how we talk to ourselves matter. That is the number one message out of today that I need everybody to realize is how you talk to yourself matters. How we treat ourselves matter. Um, and how we view our level of importance and how much we should take care of ourselves matters. So basically what you do for yourself to yourself matters, extremely matters. Our mom has a saying since we were little kids and we've said it multiple times in here and I will say it again, how you treat yourself outwardly affects how you treat yourself inwardly. Like when you're having a bad day, go and make yourself feel pretty. However that is, if it's just changing your outfit, doing your hair, whatever it is, like we like, we like to get gussied up, I guess is the way to say it. I don't know. We like to do well, our hair. We like I to do our makeup. Wear, like my tie dye sweatpants. And but that, that makes you feel you good. Know, and that's fine too. 
Or sometimes I'm like, I feel really cute in my athletic outwear because I love Lulu. Um, And that's where it's like, that's that's great. Whatever it is for you, I don't care. It's about are you giving honor to your body, both physically and mentally? And that's a really big word, honor. Are you giving yourself respect, love, and encouragement, or are you tearing it down? And when you don't hygienically take care of yourself, that is not honoring this body. Somebody had to grow it. Somebody had to give you this body, which after doing it, holy moly, that's a sacrifice. So somebody gifted you what you got going on right now. And that's a gift. So take care (laughs) of it and honor it and love it. And that's something that I, I really, really want to emphasize to my children as I give them a body. Like Matt's and I have seen all these videos of you know, like if you show them a healthy lifestyle, your kids, and they will, they will embrace that lifestyle. If you show them things of the world and, and take them adventuring and hiking and all these things. And, and those are really important values to me. So I'm like, okay, I need to show him how to honor my, his body by honoring my body and showing him that this is not a garbage can. This is something very important, right? Mm-hmm. Those are my three biggest ones. They will help with your self-confidence and help with your self-esteem. Because if you know you're worth something, take care of it. Um, reprogram how you think about yourself. We are on autopilot all the time. So you have to be aware of stream of conscious. You have to be aware of what's going through your head. Be aware. Um, create a happy environment because if you got chaos going on around you, or if you're not treating things around you, well, how are you going to treat yourself? It's like, sometimes I'll look at the reflection of my environment to see how I'm doing. So we're neurodivergent as well. Anson got his ADHD from a shocker. Um, so it's, where like I've noticed my environment reflects how I'm doing at that moment. The more piles I have, which my husband has pointed out, the more piles I have going on, the more chaos I'm feeling and the less good I'm feeling. The more that our house is in order, the more that I feel confident in order. And it's just a fact. And it's usually a how well, yeah, all of that, how well we're feeling with our self-esteem or self-confidence, like our scheduling, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. yeah, how overwhelmed I am, how balanced I am, how much have I slept, how much have I, yeah, it, it goes into everything. So he totally knows where I'm at mentally just by if there's piles or not. Um, <laughs> and then surround yourself with positive influences and people, like have a tribe. The messages yes. you receive are extremely important. Extremely important. Like, yeah, don't, the other day my son, he was talking to his therapist and he mentioned that, you know, oh yeah, my friend so-and-so is like, he's my best friend. And I was like, actually, we need to recreate that dialogue. Like, is this best friend creating an uplifting environment for you or like causing you problems? And so it was one of those, like surround yourself with positive influences and people like be around the people that make you better. I had had a friend recently come visit and she, it was so uplifting, you know, and she lives out of town and my kids were like, why don't we see her more? Like she makes us feel so good. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm so grateful. She's your best friend. And it was one of those that it was such a stark contrast to sometimes other people that I'm around. And my kids were just like, wow, what a positive person. What a positive influence. Mm-hmm. It makes a difference. Like have a good tribe um, and surround yourself with those good people. Like yeah. I think we become so complacent. Just, yeah, it makes it a difference. It is what it is. See, that saying is complacent versus owning. This is the moment and I'm embracing it. Totally different vibe. Just saying. Totally different vibe. (laughs) Totally different. Okay. So application summary, because I like checkpoints. So if you guys are ready for your checkpoints to summarize up this podcast, number one, got three. (laughs) practice being nice to yourself. Practice talking nice. Okay. (laughs) Pause there. So you remember (laughs) niceness is important. This is why it's number one. If you can only do this one, great. You're already 50% there. Number two, recognize this negative self-dialogue. If you get, I tell my clients, if you are even 5% better than what you were, awesome. It's already medically helping us heal. Like 1% is even better. Any percent is better than what you're doing now because what you're doing now, I guarantee is no, no. So recognize the negative. And number three is create behaviors that reinforce this idea that you have worth. How would you treat a prized possession? How would you treat the things around you? Treat that for yourself. Your body is a gift. You are a gift, but we forget that. Yes. Treat yourself like that sweet baby or like your dog. Exactly. Okay. So remember at the beginning of the podcast, or after we talked about our relaxation, but at the beginning of this part, all the heaviness, and it was like the worst list to remember. Remember that feeling though. And then remember this. 
You are bursting with promise, potential, and possibility. You have so much to give and so much to offer. This is your life. This is your time. This is your chance to do everything you've wanted to do. Live bravely, care deeply, share freely. Get the most out of each shining moment. Fill your life with love and stuff your days with wonder. Because when you willingly throw yourself into everything you do, that's when you come alive. That's when the magic sparks. Dream until it's true. Believing it's possible is an essential part of making it so. Take the biggest step you can toward what you want. Then from there, take another step. If you want something new, try something new. Create what you wish existed. Our greatest obstacles are often ourselves. If you think you can't, you probably won't. But if you think you can, you most likely will. Lose yourself in what you love. Find yourself there too. Your mind will believe what you feed it. Feed it hope. Feed it love. Feed it truth. Remember that you have so much within you and so many gifts to share. Your life can be everything you hoped for and much, much more. I love that. That that one's way better. (laughs) Way better. And you know what's fascinating? And I just have to give this a throw out. This came from my child's book I read to him at night. It's Your Muchness. And I'm going to post it for you guys because this book one day just hit me when I was reading it. I was having a really hard day, really hard mommy day, just life. And all of a sudden it hit me of this is everything I want my child to know. And this is everything I want my child to ever think about himself. And I never want him to think all the things I'm thinking about myself right now. And it was so simple. I just have to say these things to him over and over again and make sure that he knows that he's worth something. But then I'm like, my mom did that for me. Like I can remember, and I'm sorry, I'm crying, but I can remember my mom would like say all these things to me. What happened? Right. And it was just life. Life gets hard. And I let things seep in. And at some point your mom can't do it for you all the time. And that's where I was grateful. My mom showed me how to pick myself up and do it for myself. And that's where I want to do it for my children. And I want other people to be able to do it for themselves. So the more that you think those negative things, just try and balance it out. Because the cool thing about that list was there's such a heavy impact from reading that positive list. And there was way less of them than there were at the beginning. The beginning list was huge and the bottom Mm -hmm. list was kind of tiny, but they had a lot of power to them. And that's where I think we don't realize our thoughts have power more than you realize. Negative is weaker than positive. You just have to continue to flood your mind with the positive as much as you can. I love that. I hope you guys have felt uplifted today. Remember that you are enough and we love you. We're here to cheer you on, even if you feel like nobody else is. So don't forget to find us on uh, social media through Uhane Counseling. And we have a new account, Uhane Counseling Wellness, where we're here to kind of give you those tools to continue to do the best that you can. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.